Hi everybody, so we are continuing on the topic that we left off last time when we talked about virginity. But look at this scenario, then you, you accept that this person was not a virgin when you slept with them, or they were, and but they're fallen pregnant. You still have those doubts if you are the only person they were engaged with. So if they only had unprotected sex with you alone. But there is a child in the scenario, there's some responsibility in the scenario. Are you able to step up as a father for this child if you have the doubts looming on if this child is biologically yours? And I do believe that fatherhood is way beyond biology, it's just not the genetics. But some people are really keen on knowing because this disrupts your relationship with this child if you somehow do not fully accept or trust that they are yours. So I'm back again this week with a topic on inheritance and resemblance. And I'm your podcast host, a neuroscience fanatic in your Zimbabwe neighborhood aunt, Shailene, and welcome to season one. Episode 3 of Midnight Discussion, where we will delve into inheritance and resemblance. Hope you enjoy it. Good evening, everybody. So today we are going to delve more into the season and we were talking about just genetics and uh, culture. So today we're going to talk about inheritance and I'm just going to define it a little bit. And there's a lot of scientific depth to this topic. However, I'll try to make it as understandable as possible. So let's start by defining heredity or inheritance. And this is the passing on of traits from your parent to, to you. So from parent to offspring. And this could happen through a sexual reproduction, which we will not talk about, but we'll talk about sexual reproduction, which happens in humans, right? And the offspring cells or organisms, um, we acquire the genetic information from our parents. So in essence, the genes that make up you right now came from your mother and your father and which traits can you inherit from your parents so we have height for example so eye color complexion you know when you resemble the people in your family you're known as the tall people you're known as the short people you have blue eyes you have brown eyes your hair is black your hair is curly those things you inherit from your parents you could also inherit mental disorders, so autism, schizophrenia. However, there's much to be done about mental disorders. Uh, you could also just inherit a proneness to a high blood pressure. You know, those things that we say in our culture, it runs in the family. Um, some things like that. However, there's so much misconception about inheritance and, and not. So, we know we, we have all these shows coming up about paternity and who is the father you know people having to claim that i'm not the father having to have some genetic proof some paternity test to prove that this person is the father so we have leap palm fingerprints blood groups and these are important in identifying a person for example in forensic science 
to figure out who committed this crime. If it matches the fingerprint that was found on the crime scene, then you are the person who could have left this fingerprint. How does that work in paternity testing, right? In the scientific procedure. And I'll try to break it down. And the more I break it down, the less accurate it becomes. But I'll try to keep the general theme the same. So we collect three samples. We collect from the mother, the child, and the father. Because almost every cell in a human body contains our DNA, which is what we say the genetic makeup of, of a human. And around 99.9% .9 of the DNA for two human beings is the same. And it's that 0.01% that makes us different, unless you're an identical twin. And we'll talk about identical twins way later in this in this season. And although this seems like a very tiny number, that 0.1%, it means that there are around 3 million base pairs for two entities that are different. So you from the next person have 3 million base pairs. This is a lot in biological science. It means that it is possible to compare and use these differences to better differentiate you from someone else. So in these different base pairs, we have what we call microsatellites or mini satellites, which are repeated in our DNA. And this differs from person to person, right? Because they have a higher chance of mutation and things like that. So let's keep it simple. What do we do if we want to determine paternity? We do what we call DNA fingerprinting. Um, and here we take a sample of cells that contain DNA. So your skin, your hair, your blood cells, anything, saliva, any biological entity from you contains your DNA. And this is removed and filtered from the cell. So we filter that DNA, we make it as pure as possible. Then we use enzymes. So for example, we have a long stretch of, of DNA and we use specific enzymes to cut this DNA into little pieces. Just look like... Imagine scissors, scissors cutting through like a long thread, make it into DNA pieces. But because, you know, when we make it like that, it's quite few. We want to make more pieces that are identical. So we, we put it in a machine and we undergo what we call polymerase chain reaction. So that from one piece, we have, you know, one piece, we have a thousand copies of that. This is just a number to make it uh, more understandable. So from that one tiny piece, we have... A thousand more right and we are we are trying to isolate specific parts that make you different from the next person so your microsatellites and your mini satellites and to determine this so we have a father a mother and a child and we have a lane so we, we like look at it as we have like a road for each right and we put a sample for the mother in its own road uh, for the child and for the father when we put it there and we 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 put it in what we call a gel and we undergo what we call gel electrophoresis. So this is basically, we plug it into some electricity and then these DNA little fragments that we've amplified try start to move and, you know, and they create, they stop at a specific point based on their size or based on their charge or something like that. And each person has a distinct, distinct pattern that is, that comes from how these little fragments, how this, uh, mini satellites that have been amplified move and we look at the lane of the child right to make it easier for us so we say okay one of the fragments one little group of fragments stopped at position one another one stopped at position two these are really molecular weights but we're not going to that so position one position two position three position four position five 
Let's just say that's that. And we have a thick band on a child that is on position one, right? And then we look at the mother and we see, okay, the mother has the same band on position one. So we'll say, oh, this child inherited this band from the mother. We go to position two, we see another band, right? And we say, okay, but we cannot see it on the mother. So if it doesn't come from the mother, it should come from the father, right? And then we see it on the father. Sharp. So now we know this band came from the father. And then we go to position three and we see a band. And if we go to position three and there's a band that is not, that is on the child, but not on the mother. We go to the father and we see that this band is also not on the father. And this band just don't come from nowhere, okay? So it has to come from either of the parents. Then we can safely conclude that if we have sufficient evidence that this is the real mother, we, we have evidence that this mother gave birth to this child, then this is not the father because this band has to come from another man that gave off this band for the child to inherit it. So therefore we could just say this band came from some other man and we can conclude from this that this is not the biological father. So that's just how genetic fingerprinting and paternity tests work. So let's look at the, at the whole theme of this podcast, which is the cross-section of science and culture. So in the Zimbabwean culture, people are told to look at palms and facial features to see if the child resembles the father. And we know that from in, inherited uh, traits that we could inherit these things, right? So there's little to no evidence that the resemblance of a child is transferred through being around a certain person. So watching specific movies, being around a specific person, it does not guarantee that the child is going to look the same way. And we talk about this in simpler terms, not zero. It cannot be transferred other than through genetics, okay? So just looking at a specific man from next door, doesn't make the child look the same way. At least there's no scientific evidence that that happens. And in terms of palms, I, I, I was watching this show and somebody was like, well, I looked at the palms and I saw that the palms were different. Thereby concluded that this child is not mine. So when you are born, if you can look at your palm right now, if you're not sitting in the dark at midnight, <laughs> and you can see that there are three major crease lines, right? Normally. And these are determined by your genes. So the, how thick they are, how prominent they are, their lens is determined by genes. So you could assume that, of course, we say genes come from your parents, so they are inherited, right? However, it is really unreliable to deduce paternity from this because we could look at, there are some rare cases where these lines are affected uh, when you are still in your mother's womb. For example, one in... 30 people have literally just one line on their palm and this is normally single palm crease and it normally happens when um, a child suffers from fetal alcohol syndrome or down syndrome or other those other um other disorders that occur in infancy right so we could safely say here that we have enough scientific evidence to determine paternity through DNA fingerprinting. However, our mere eyes cannot tell you who your father is, who your father is based on what you're looking at or the palms. And with this, I hope I've given you something to think about when you 
claim that a child is not yours without having solid DNA evidence or you claim that the men next door fathered your child because they have the same eyes or the same forehead or something like that. We really need to start using scientific proof before we claim the paternity of our kids because this has a huge impact on the mental health of the child knowing that they were tossed around and rejected by another person claiming that they were not their father only for you to see that scientifically you are the father right so i think that is it for us for midnight discussions and i hope to see you next week as we delve into another topic in science and culture good night